0: The Oregon College Savings Plan can help fund your child's dreams and ideas. But it's not just for college. It's also the Trade School Savings Plan and the Books and Materials Savings Plan, even the Room and Board Savings Plan. With fewer educational expenses to think about, your kids can focus on what matters, their future. Start saving today to support your child's tomorrow. Learn more at OregonCollegeSavings.com.
1: People doubt how they
0: want you. Counting on the days to help you.
2: wondered how to have the mindset to accomplish all of your goals and come out a winner? Well, we're going to find out tonight with my great guest, Dominique Brightman. Hi, I'm Connie Bramer, and I am the founder of Get Your Rack Back, a nonprofit that helps cancer patients in the upstate New York region. I'm also the host of your show tonight, Laughter and Inspiration. A lot of people ask me about my foundation, and right now with the pandemic, like we're not doing anything, which I'm very sad about for our patients. So if you'd like to learn more about my foundation, you can go to GYRB.org. That stands for Get Your Rack Back. And we kind of renamed it GYRB because there's a misnomer. We help all cancer patients, men, women, and children with all types of cancers, not just breast cancer, which a lot of people think because of my book, How Connie Got Her Rack Back, which is how I know Dom. So I want to introduce you to Dominique Brightman. And I want to make sure I read these right, Dom, Because I screw stuff up all the time. He is the author of Going North, Tips and Techniques to Advance Yourself. And this is the tongue twister one. Tongue twister one. I can't even say it. Stay the Course, The Elite Performer: Seven Secret Keys to Sustainable Success. He's also the host of the Going North podcast, and I love that name because I always think of going north as being something positive, because when in my business, I'm in the automotive industry, and in business in general, when you say, ah, this deal went south, like in my dad's terminology, it basically went to shit, right? So is that why you came up with Going North?
1: In a way, yeah. It actually started off as a joke. That's, that's the funny part about it. <laughs>
2: That's good. Well, welcome to the show. I forgot to say that. Welcome to the show, Dom. I'm glad you're here.
1: Oh, glad to be with you, Connie. Indeed, we get to complete the first two out of the three letters of the alphabet. This is going to be good.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I have to tell everybody how I met you. So I met Dom, I think it was last year because I wrote a story in the book, Chaos to Clarity. And it was released in 2019, so I was doing a bunch of interviews, and I met Dom, and he's just such a great energy, and I wanted to have him on the show. I was excited when I started to do my own podcast. Dom and I, ironically, are, t- are in the same book, and that's going to be released in the fall of 2020, called Crappy to Happy. And I really can't wait to read your story, because I will tell you in a brief gist, my story I wrote about my mom, and I wrote about how... Um, we used to lie to my dad about how much things cost. So it was like a game. My whole like I don't want to say childhood, it was more like when I became a teenager, my mom and I would go shopping and we we both have a pension for shopping and my visa card is not happy about that. But anyway, <laughs> we went we would go shopping and we would buy stuff and we would tell my dad like if it was 100, we would say it was 75. And he would like flip out. He'd be like, "Jesus, I can't believe he spent seventy five dollars on that." And meanwhile, it's like a hundred. My mother and I are going, like, if only he knew the truth. So when my mom passed away, twenty four. So it'll be twenty five years soon. He did not know how much anything cost. Like. He probably thought he could go get a shirt for like 20 bucks. And then when he goes to get a dress shirt and it's like 50, he's probably like, what happened? Inflation, you know, but he, we lied to him for years. So I kind of wrote my story about that and like my love for my mom and some journeys we went, went about together. So I'm interested to hear what you're going to write yours about. Did you, do you care to give us like a little snippet? A
0: little
2: sure thing. Tease?
1: sure thing. A little tease, yes, indeed. A tease without the feathers, but my main story, <laughs> <laughs> now that's a visual for you, right? <laughs> yeah,
2: no, yeah, no kidding. No kidding. No kidding. Oh, my God. Okay, continue. Continue.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, definitely. Uh, mine actually did involve parents as well, because I talked a little bit about both my parents, my mother, and my father as well, and how basically they helped me to have a Good upbringing, but as with good upbringing is when you go into the real world and you try to make stuff happen, you're eventually going to run into a wall and then there's a landmine that you dodge before getting tackled by a shadow of Ray Lewis. So really just (laughs) Taking That's true. A little bit of that. Yeah, it's just, it's just really about how setbacks are really just a step forward and setting you back for a story forward. So that's really just a little taste of it because no matter how good some may have in life, we're all gonna have days where we're gonna be feeling off and feeling bad. And tapping That's right. into what brings us true happiness.
2: Well, you've been like I could go on and on with your accolades because you have so many things going for you right now. And I guess the one thing that I wanted to ask you, because you know, I've watched a lot of your I've listened to a lot of your podcasts, I've read some snippets of your books and they all point in a direction of positivity, which I think we all could use in our lives right now. And with the pandemic going on right now, I know a lot of people have been struggling, you know, not only financially because they may have lost their job or, you know, financially because you've got two college kids at home like me, like eating you out of house and home, um, you know, having to be stuck inside. And I know we've, we're like opening back up and we're all on a slow, slower trajectory and then some states are having issues, so they're closing. So I guess my question is, What are your thoughts on how we can all be more positive and like, you know, gain something from self-reflection during this time that we're all kind of holed up and thinking? What would you say to that?
1: Sure thing, because it's definitely an interesting time. It's like, yay, we're open again. Oh crap, we gotta close again. It's too soon, too soon. Pull back. Really, in this time where some folks have to pull back, I mean, really. To just skill up is one of the biggest things you can do for yourself. I'm, I know there's two camps of thought here with the old pandemic. If you still have at least a way to live, there's the camp of, hey, if you don't come out of this pandemic with a book, a new idea, or that business, then you wasted your time. And then there's this other camp where it's like, hey, it's A-OK, this is a pandemic. No one's been through a pandemic like this before. And it's so true because this is a modern pandemic where, as opposed to the 20s, when they had that evil flu that was out there where we didn't have DoorDash and all these other items, we didn't didn't have the internet, even though residential internet can be your enemy at times when doing these Zoom meetings, (laughs) is the fact that we still have opportunities to make things happen. So basically finding a way to turn your lemons to lemonade and then selling your lemonade and even at least packaging it so that way folks can actually dive into it. And that's really one of the biggest things that you can do to stay positive during this pandemic is finding out, okay, people are sick. Yes. People are dying. Yes. But I wish them nothing but the best, especially the families that have lost loved ones during this time because it's hard to lose loved ones period. But during a pandemic where you can have no more than 10 people attend a funeral, it's even worse. So realizing that you're still alive and you have a reason to still live. And to basically up your skills in something, that you want to do and heck even it doesn't even have to be upping your skills, just be reading books that have been on your bookshelf, classifying themselves as shelf help, helping your shelves to become bigger on steroids as as opposed to self-help as a helping yourself to become better. I like like that.
2: Well, you know, you bring up an interesting point because like I'm mad at myself and I, I have to give my I, have to, I decided I need to cut myself a little slack because I had all this time at home. I was working kind of remotely, but my industry pretty much came to a halt for a bit. Um, so I thought to myself, you know, this was my perfect opportunity to like work on book number two or, you know, you and I both write for Biz Catalyst 360, the online digest. I didn't write a single article, you know, um, and I felt like, I'm wasting this time. And for many people, I know that myself, I was watching, I was like glued to the news for like a month. And after a (laughs) month, I really was like, it was, it was getting to the point where I was having like, I don't want to say panic attacks, but I had full on like anxiety. And then I decided I'm not going to watch the news anymore. I need to be productive. So my productive, my productivity was not so much in the creative vein, which I would have liked to have it been. But instead, like, I painted my bedroom, which hadn't been done because I'm kind of in a new house. I painted nice. this office, and I found this really cool tapestries to make me look like I'm at the beach, which is one of my favorite places, but I'm not there uh-huh. right now. And, um, you know, I clean I, – I just this past weekend, last weekend, I painted the kids' bathroom. So I've become, like, Bob Vila, the female <laughs> from the
1: female. Nice.
2: The female version of Bob Vila. I can't fix anything, but I can paint. So I've been doing that, but you know, like we both write for Biz Catalyst 360 and Dennis Potoko is the publisher and owner of the magazine. He's really extremely amazing. And he's also in the Chaos of Clarity book. I believe he's also in our next book, the Crappy to Happy book, which you guys can go on Amazon and pick up either one of those books up. The Crappy to Happy will be out in the fall. But um, I reached out to Dennis and I said, I'm really sorry that I haven't written anything. I said, I feel like I've just had like this huge writer's block. And usually, like in my life, I don't know if you're like this, but just daily life, I find funny things that crack me up, and that's what I tend to gravitate towards writing about. And then when you're right, when you're sitting home, like you're not having like interactions with people, so there's no way, there's not like the material's not there. Like I find that when life is normal and we're like going with the speed of life like funny things jump out at me. I'm like, Oh boy, I got to write about that. You know, but nothing was happening. So I didn't. So he told me, he goes, you know, why don't you start with, you know, writing about the pan, you can write about the pandemic a little bit. So one of the articles I just wrote, um, what did I call it? Riddle me that one. I wrote a little bit about in the end about like, I, I picked like a few things that were from the pandemic, just a few hotspot points, or whatever and i talked about you know the most burning question of the whole pandemic is you know who killed carol baskin's husband from the Tiger, you know, did you see that? The Tiger King. Did you ever watch that? It's like,
1: I've heard about it. <laughs> and,
2: and literally, it's like a train wreck that you can't like avert your eyes from. It's six hours of your life you'll never get back, but I mean, it's pretty, it, <laughs> it, I, I think it, it'll make you feel really good about yourself. Like, even if you're like down in the dumps and you're like, oh, my life's not going so well. When you see this and you see the mullet. And the highlighted mullet and who killed who, I mean, and the tiger, the bones, and is it, is it this husband because there's bones in the tiger cage? It'll get you thinking. But it's a little humor. You got to have a little humor. So, you know, one of the other things I wanted to ask you about, because I found this really interesting about you, is that you are a motivational speaker with John Maxwell, the, on the John Maxwell team. And that, to me, is like the height of motivational speaking. So how did that come about for you?
1: ah uh, yes that came about through a couple friends in toastmasters a few years ago in i think it was like 2015 or whatever and i saw somebody had this john maxwell standing thing i forgot the word escapes him now but their face is the one that said john maxwell team i'm like okay this is this is interesting because i read john maxwell's books they changed my life ever since 2013 my year of rebirth it's been one heck of a ride he's my favorite author of all time and I didn't know that there was a leadership certification that he had. I mean, it only makes sense. He's the leading authority on leadership. That's his topic. And he's darn good at it. And really just being a part of the team is being a part of his legacy legs. And there's about a good 30,000 coaches across the globe. And he's got a, actually he has a huge amount of coaches out in the Paraguay area as well as Romania oh, really? and even parts of Mexico that. too. Yeah. It, it's huge. It's wow. a multi-million dollar company too and it's really just it's kind of like I feel like I'm in a role-playing game and I got this ultimate sword and I can get to swing it around and train with it and have this ultimate level of power now because it's really just adding on to what I already do because before joining the team I was already a competent level speaker good if I say so myself and really had definitely good
2: really good (laughs) really good
1: like the bunch and had two books already, but just really doing this. So basically add another layer to that and really being in the community with other like-minded individuals who want to be the best versions of themselves because the main premise of the Maxwell team is to add value to more people. And there's this, and I kind of hate the fact that values become a little bit of a buzzword nowadays that folks be like, yeah, let me give this value to, you all this other good stuff. But one of the best ways to, quote unquote, give value to people is by helping them unlock their own inner value. Like yourself, Connie, you took your breast cancer, you, you kicked its butt, you became this awesome writer, cranking out all these blogs, finding the humor and everything, and creating one of the, my freaking favorite book titles ever, How Connie Got a Rack Back, because when I checked you out before we talked, I'm like, oh God, this interview is going to be funny. And you didn't disappoint. <laughs> So, oh, good. Just, thanks. <laughs> just, yeah, the stuff like that, just really helping folks to discover their own value. And heck, even that's what people have done for me, mentors and coaches and things like that. They've helped me to accelerate growth faster than I would have been on my own because they saw that I had potential and I can tap into that potential. And someone just had to come in and just take off that little kettle lid that was on me and then let the steam out that way it can expand and become even bigger of a kettle pot and give more coffee to people.
2: I love that. And, you know, one thing that you kind of mentioned is being with like-minded people. And I think there's very powerful in being with like-minded people like John Maxwell, motivational speaker type people, you know, you end up in this. I hate this term, but like like an, a, la- a layer of people that are of your same mindset that want to do better. And I think that, you know, people like you and I who, who try to do things for people are what we really need to be doing, which you're already doing, is lifting people up to be with us. You know, like I was having a conversation with someone a couple of days ago about negativity and how it takes so much more energy to be negative than it does to be positive. And I think one of the things I get from all of your podcasts, because I've listened to quite a few and um, because I like to do my homework too, you know, I, I think that the yeah, woo-hoo. I think the big thing is that, you know, there's a, there is a dynamic of positivity with everything that you talk about. And I think that's missing a lot in the world right now. I mean, we're going through a really difficult time. And, you know, like, for instance, you were talking about the pandemic being in the 1920s. My kids, okay, are 18 and 19, both in college. And yeah, it's been hard for them. Like they're going back to college in the fall, not knowing what to expect. It's going to be a really, bizarre experience for them but imagine like I was born you know in 1969 so yeah I'm old but so I was a kid in the 70s there was like we had three tv stations and we had you know rabbit ears on our tv or actually in a big tree by our house and when we had it on the on the tv we had foil on it right and then the remote was my dad would say hey Connie get up and I'd be like, "Yeah, <laughs> yep. well, well. And they say, "Go turn the channel." And we had like we had like six, ten, thirteen, and then when we got like Fox was twenty three, it was like the biggest deal ever, you know. We had to wait till Saturday mornings for cartoons. We looked forward to the ABC after school special that came on like what maybe once a month. We watched like Disney at night on Sundays. We had to be at bed at eight o'clock, like these kids right now live in such a world of instant gratification that they, they can't even comprehend. Like if this pandemic had taken place in the seventies or the eighties or my God, like even in the early nineties, I don't know when the internet was, was uh, invented by, by, uh, you know, Mr. Gore, but, I'm just <laughs> <sorry>. but <laughs> that's his claim to fame. But anyway, They don't know what that's like. So, I mean, they can, like, pick up their phone when they have iPhones. They can pick up their phone and, you know, FaceTime a friend, wherever. They have the ability to to maintain connection with people through um, social media and stuff. And, you know, when we were kids, we didn't have that. But at the same time, I tell my kids that all this connection with social media, it's it's a wonderful thing, but it's also a double-edged sword because it keeps you away from like person-to-person conversation. You know, like like the world has become this texting world and it's just easier to write a text than to pick up a phone. I'm a phone call person. I don't need to do a FaceTime because I feel like I look like I'm 85 when I put the FaceTime thing up. You know, like Alyssa will FaceTime me, my daughter, at college, I'll be like, Good Lord, like, put that thing back. Let me put it so I look, <laughs> so I look like less wrinkly or something. But, you know, like, I don't you, do you agree with that, that this next generation of kids are getting away from, you know, this person-to-person contact with lifting one another up in person? You know, I think that's why people want to come hear you speak because they want to be part they want to be brought into the fold it's just different to do something and release it on you know a social media platform because they're not always with you that's why i wanted to do video for my podcast because i wanted people to look at you know the body language and understand where it's coming from because it comes from your heart you know what i mean
1: oh yeah yes indeed
2: what do you think about the kids today and like how things are different than for us when we were kids?
1: Yeah, it's so darn true because we have access to so many tools that can do so much good, like the social media thing and FaceTiming and all that other good stuff. And that limits the phone usage in terms of being able to call somebody up and be like, hey, it's Tyrone, where's that money only from 1994? Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> it's kind of... <laughs>
2: That's a good one. I probably, should, <laughs> I probably should find my ledger from people that borrowed 20 bucks off me go to go someplace. No, but it, it's, it, it's true. You have to kind of think about like how our times have morphed and how things are different than they were when we were growing up. But that was just, that was just, that was my thought on the whole pandemic that these kids like have no idea, like what we would have sat home, Dom, not seen our friends I would have had, I had a, I had a phone that had this long, long cord and you would, you know, walk into your room and my mother would be like, your 10 minutes are up. I mean, these kids FaceTime for hours. Like they'll be on the phone. Yep. I'm like, she'll be, my daughter will be doing something and she's on the phone, like on a FaceTime, I'm like, who are you FaceTiming with? I'm like, I'm trying to talk to you. And you're like, on FaceTime. Oh, I'm just talking to someone. So. But it's just such a different world. So I tell the long and the story short of my story is that like these kids need to be like grateful for where they're at with what they have means to communicate with right now. So it's been it's been a tough time for everybody And, I, and it kind of leads me to my next question for you. There's been a lot of. And I don't want to talk about politics and I don't want this to all be about like race relations. But I think the biggest thing that I want to hear from you is how can we be better people to one another? Because I think, you know, we all matter. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. We all are wonderful people on the inside. And I just want to know, how can we all be better? Like, what is your advice for making the, the world a better place right now?
1: The key to that is butter. there definitely be better and not butter. No, Which that's like a bad answer to that question, <laughs> but seriously though, really just valuing people and caring about one another, no matter what the race, no matter the age, no matter what the person is or what their rank is. Because at the end of the day, it's kind of like, just truth be told I do have this belief that everyone is a leader and mm-hmm. depending on whether you're a good or a bad leader, that depends on who's following you and what you're doing because and when you step out of the door of your home, you're a leader. When you get on the Zoom call, you're a leader because people interact with each other, even though it may be through different means and not the desired means of face-to-face, by person-to-person, folks are still going to be watching and see what you're doing if you put yourself out there and people are going to follow those who they may, draw, may be drawn to. And really just getting back to, or should I say, amplifying what we need to do more of and that's just valuing valuing one another because if we value one another no matter what the skin tone or anything is we we'll would definitely be better as a people as a collective whole because that's what's been missing for decades to come yeah. and there's still pockets of it that have become more than just pockets it's really just exploded because it's kind of like the whole racism thing a lot of some well no so a lot of folks think that hey racism is dead it doesn't exist well nope These past uh, few years, it's uh, it's actually still been going around. It's just been so darn covert. It's kind of like it's been dressed up in a suit as opposed to overalls, Mm -hmm. in-your-face overalls on the farm, metaphorically. Now it's just in the suit, where it's like it's kind of like the whole mafia sort of thing, where it's like it's corporate. It's all in a way where they're taking money out of a bank digitally, like through other means opposed to sticking you up face to face with the guns. That's really my thoughts on is just really just to value people and realize that no matter what, we all still bleed red. We all have blood. We all need to be That's hydrated. Right. We're all humans. We're all right. basically souls in a body. So have to keep that in mind.
2: Well, I appreciate you talking about it because, you know, for me, it's been a hard topic because I care about everybody. And like the fact that there's so much divisiveness right now, it's, it's hard, it's, it's really hard to hear, you know, and I want everybody, like, I'm always of the mindset, you know, I always tell my kids, do better, be better. What does that mean? It means be better to other people, do better for other people. And I think that has been a component that we're just missing. And I don't know, I I think it's, it comes down to individuals just saying, I am going to do better on all fronts of my life. And then if everybody said that to themselves and, and actually was actionable, you know, because, you know, words lay flat. It's what, the, what your actions are that make the difference in the world. And if everybody were to do that, I think it, we would be living in a better place. So I really appreciate you taking time to talk about that. So I have, I always have my like list of questions. So I, I um, had an interview earlier with um, Jen Taylor. I know, I think you know her. The Naked Podcaster. I love that woman.
1: She is fabulous and funny.
2: She is an absolute rip. And I asked her this question, and I just want to hear your answer to it also, okay? It's kind of long, but okay, it, 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 you're like, whatever. Okay. If in 100 years, science fails to save us, okay, which right now we're kind of on the brink of that story, right? And all, and all that is left is a book about your life. What would the title be? And what would the blurb tell us about Dominique Brightman? So what would the title of your book be? I mean, you already have two books. I'm talking about like, not like your, your um, motivational books. I'm like, what would like the book of your life say?
1: I like the book of my life to say incomplete yet immaculate. That would be the main title of the book because no matter what happens, Humans are perfect, but it's still perfect that I was still alive to at least contribute to society. And that's one of the main things I want to leave long after I'm gone is that I I have this podcast and these books out. That's one piece of me, but tend to leave more in this world when I'm dead and I'm I'm in that box. Folks are going to know that Dom Brightman, he cared about people. He helped people and he made sure that he gave it his all no matter what.
2: Well, I can tell you folks, I know Dom and that is totally true. So I wanted to, you know, how I always am finding my funny quotes. Like you've been on my face, the Facebook page for laughter and inspiration. So you've been seeing like the funny <laughs> things. I just have to, I have to fight. You know, I like, I was laughing about this the other day because I'm always looking for funny things and I lay, like a little too much information, but like my bedroom is right below my daughter's. So I'll lay in bed at night. I'm trying to find this po this thing. I put. But anyway, I'm tr- I lay in bed at night and I think, oh, my God, I got to find some funny things to, to say. And I look up all these funny sayings, and I just crack up. Like, it's really, really funny, some of the things. And, of course, I think I might have deleted it off my thing. Oh, no, I didn't. Good save, Constance. Okay, so when I hear Constance, I'm always in trouble. Like, many of like, my friends go, Constance. I'm like, oh, boy. Okay. Here Dave,
1: no. <laughs>
2: here we go. Well, you must feel like you get in trouble when someone calls you Dominique. Do people, do you feel like that or not? Because everyone calls you Dom, right?
1: Like, eh, do for the f- most part. It's yeah. actually a surprise that people actually call me Dominique and get it right. I'm like surprised. I'm like, oh, okay. Wow. They, 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 they said the whole name. Like, all right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I know how to speak, despite what people might think about me. Okay.
0: <laughs> so
2: here's, here's the quote. Okay. Some people manage stress with yoga. Not me. Meditation and a long walk. I manage stress with simple carbs, sarcasm, and swearing. How do you manage stress? Are you a yoga guy? Are you doing like the downward dog? And you said, you mentioned to me something about some pigeon thing. What's the pigeon pose? Did you say that to me? Uh,
1: Yeah. Um, I think I may have got the pose wrong. It was I think it was the crow (laughs) pose. Either way, I basically had... (laughs) I basically had to put my knees on my elbows and then lean forward and put all the weight of my body on top of my two arms as like as as good as I could and hold it. And that was like back in I'm still doing taekwondo. That mess was hellaciously hard.
2: (laughs) You know what I call that? That's called a hot mess. (laughs) I could never do that. Yeah. So, (laughs) so I wanted to ask you this other question: if if you could have a billboard with anything on it, but not like promoting your books, like just some kind of saying, what would you have it say?
1: Mm, Billboard. You know what? On the billboard, I would have a nice little duck, and then out of the duck, it would say, you are the quack.
2: That's a good one. Now I'll tell you what mine would say. Okay. Now this (laughs) might be, this might be offensive to people with no hair. So I don't want it to seem that way. It's a kind of a, a play on something I went through. So when I had cancer, after like the summer of 2009 was when I was like on the mend, I was, I mean, I was still like going through chemo, but by like the end of May, I was done and I was bald as like you can be. And I was wearing a wig and my brother had come up from North Carolina because I live in New York. He came up from North Carolina and it, and it reminded me of, you ever see the movie A Christmas Story where the dogs uh, eat the Christmas turkey and the dad comes down and he goes, get dressed, we're going out, right? So my brother comes up, he goes, get dressed, come, we're going out. <laughs> so... I had, like, when you go through the breast cancer journey, you have expanders, and it's a very painful process, I'm not going to lie, but they, like, fill saline in your chest until you get to the point where you're happy, then you get implants. It's not like they take your breast tissue out, you get implants and call it a day, which is what I thought. I thought I was going to, like, have a home run in one surgery, but that's not how it goes. So anyway, I'm wearing my expanders, and I had, like, a little bit of a chest. I'm wearing a cute little sundress, had my wig on. And I'm walking down the streets of Saratoga Springs, New York, which is very busy. And we have the flat track there. So it's a very busy time of year in August. So we're walking down the street. And it's one of those streets where like the sidewalk is uneven and like roots are coming out and stuff. So I'm walking along wearing heels and I notice that this tree I'm coming up on is like kind of low. So I ducked my head and I'm not even kidding you. My wig went off my head and like hung in the tree for just a moment and then slowly floated down to the ground. And literally it was like this unbelievable slow motion thing. So I was with my brother, his then wife and, and a couple of other friends and they're standing there like this. They're like, they did not know what to say. I laughed. Have you ever laughed so hard that your head turns red? Like, like your head.
1: <laughs> I,
2: I, so there I was bald on the sidewalk laughing. And I think like for, for me, it, it like, and we, my brother was like, shit, I wish we could have videotaped that. Like we would have won a hundred thousand dollars from Tom Bergeron on, you know, funniest home videos. So and it was before you had cell phone video. Like you would have had to get out like a camcorder. And we even talked about like maybe mm-hmm. we can re- maybe we can maybe we can recreate it. You can't. It would have been. It would. It would not have been worked. It would not have worked. So anyway, my saying for my billboard based on that experience and just having to learn to laugh about that and laugh at myself would have been keep your hat keep your hair on. And I know like that would have been like a double meaning of like keep yourself together. Like, don't lose it. But it, it would have shown like a bald person with the wig and been like, keep your hair on. That would, that would have been mine. But that was like a little, <laughs> little story from my book, which they all have a lot of very funny stories in there. Cause I'm a major <laughs> smart ass. So I know that you, you, <laughs> I am terrible. So you and I have spoken before about, um, cause I talked to you about it on when I was on your podcast about, you know, keeping a gratitude journal and how important it is to live a life of gratitude. And um, it puts you in a positive mindset, much like what you're doing with your speaking engagements and just always exuding positivity. So what would be like the three things today that you're most um, grateful for?
1: Sure thing. So the first thing I would be grateful for would be having working arms and legs as well as, uh, then again, I guess that can count as two separate things because the limbs i mean they're separate and they're still working and everything and the eyes themselves being able to see face to face and to be able to see where i'm going is definitely a huge blessing indeed because um a nice little book recommendation for those listening is a book called prave p-r-a-v-e it's a story about a couple where it was one the lady herself her name was priscilla she was i forgot what the condition was but she was basically like I'd say around a good three feet tall her whole life, and she had brittle bones her whole mm-hmm. life, and she was married to this man named Dave who was blind.
2: Oh, so Prave. So, That's where the name yeah. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. I got gotcha. you. I'm with you. Okay, so continue.
1: Oh, good, good. Don't want to lose you like the UFOs. Don't want to <laughs> lose you. <laughs> but yeah, You're funny, Dom.
2: <laughs> So, So she can't. Which was it? He couldn't see or she couldn't see? Which one yep, was which? He,
1: nope, you had it right the first time. He couldn't see, so she was his eyes. And she wasn't tall, so he was basically her height. So they basically yeah. made up for each other's weaknesses. And it's a really touching and powerful story that's about helping others to be more open to the topic of accessibility. Because accessibility is a huge thing that a lot of folks don't really put into perspective because like with Dave himself, he talked a lot about how since he's blind, people will put their arms out in front of him and try to block his way to make sure they he's okay. But he's like, no, no, I I know I'm going. I I got my cane here, not my stick. Mm -hmm. I got my cane here and just stuff like that. And the third thing to put this whole, you know what? The ability to read, that's another thing. So we'll put that as a third thing because some folks don't know how to read, whether that's by choice or by circumstance, and really just having that ability to be able to read and actually take in some knowledge from multiple sources mm-hmm. and really have that advantage too. So those are the three things I'm grateful for reading eyesight as well as working limbs.
2: I like that. Well, I will tell you a funny story about reading. Cause you know, I like my funny
1: stories. <laughs> okay. So
2: when I graduated from college, I, well, I was having too much fun in college, so I did not do my biology degree, which was what I was going to. I wanted to go to medical school. So when I finished college, I went back to school, took all my prerequisite courses for medical school, and I had to do some volunteer work. So I was working at my parents' dealership, the car dealership. That's how I'm in the car business. And in the mornings, really early in the morning, I would go help this woman um, with Literacy Volunteers of America learn how to read. And she was, she owned an Asian, you know, Chinese restaurant. And, you know, I think maybe like she was at a second grade reading level when I met her. So the funny story that I always tell about her, she was such a joyful lady. Um, So I would go to her house at like seven o'clock in the morning, two days a week. And we would read, you know, a book that they gave me from Literacy Volunteers of America and she would say, how, how you say, you know? So I said, well, and I, as, as like a joke, I mean, I'm talking, I'm like 23, 22, 23 at the time. And I said, well, you know, cause she was, she was not an American citizen. So she did not grow up in our country. So she did not know like a lot of slang things, things that we reference. And, you know, we, we have been a generation that references like you know, movie, you know, moments and like TV shows. So I say to her, (laughs) I said, you know, one thing that we say is, what you talking about, Willis? Remember that show, Different Strokes? So I would say, I'd say, what you talking about, Willis? You know, what's his name? Gary Coleman would say it like that. He was such a cute kid. And then, so I said that to her, right? So the next week I go back, I'm reading, she's reading this thing. And I read the first part of it and she looks at me with her accent and I don't want to be obnoxious and do it. But like she said, she goes, what you talking about, Willis? And, and it was like, it was so funny and we laughed like every time I would go, she would say that, but like, I truly loved helping this woman learn how to read. It was an amazing gift to help her because you don't like we take it for granted like we learn how to read as little kids and it's just part of who we are we don't realize that so many people you know, they may have dyslexia, so they can't read and see things the way that we see them, or they can't read at all. They never learned. And that, that's a pretty profound thing to realize about some people. And I really enjoyed teaching her how to read. And it was just such a rewarding thing. So I completely agree with you that it is a definite gift and a blessing. And we should all be grateful for the fact that we can read. So speaking of that, how can people read and get a hold of your book and how do they find you and your podcast and all that? How do we find Dominique Brightman?
1: Yes, indeed. Feel free to head over to dombrightman.com, dombrightman.com. You can find all the stuff that I got going on there. And most of all, check out the Going North podcast, especially episode 201 with Fortitude wins the battle with Connie Bramer herself. Definitely check out that episode, especially too.
2: Well, it's been an absolute joy to have you on my show. And I really am inspired by you, Dom. And I hope you know that you do inspire a lot of people with your words and your actions, and it means a lot. So if you want to learn more about Dom, And I call him Dom, not Dominique, but Dom. And, you know, maybe me and this episode in particular, you can go to check out the interactive show notes on speakingtotheheart.org. And, you know, I'm really blessed to be on this network because it is all about speaking to the heart from, you know, my heart to your heart, from my guest's heart to everyone else's heart. That's really what it's about. And it's been a real blessing to be on this network. So I want to thank you all for joining me on Laughter and Inspiration I'm Connie Bramer, and I want to tell you, remember, it's important to always leave people better for having known you, and you know that, Tom, and you do it so well. So thanks for being on the show, and I'll catch you guys all next time.
0: The Oregon College Savings Plan can help fund your child's dreams and ideas. But it's not just for college. It's also the Trade School Savings Plan and the Books and Materials Savings Plan. Even the Room and Board Savings Plan. With fewer educational expenses to think about, your kids can focus on what matters, their future. Start saving today to support your child's tomorrow. Learn more at OregonCollegeSavings.com. Keep the devices in your home protected from Wi-Fi threats with Xfinity XFi. If
2: it's connected, it's protected. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Switch to Xfinity today and get a great offer. You'll get fast speeds and the best in-home Wi-Fi experience with Xfinity XFi. And now you can get advanced security for free when you get the XFi gateway. That's a $72 value per year. Go to Xfinity.com, call
0: 1-800-XFINITY or visit an Xfinity store to switch today. Restrictions apply.